to Pool Party Radio. This is the number one podcast for the dud and all of Springfield. I am your host, Parker, joined as always by co-host Razorman Cumulus. He just made me do a Homer slow grin. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. I know that you liked it in Podcast Town the other day when Tommy mentioned that all his posts are duds and then I posted the Homer smile gift. <laughs> I know you like that. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it almost as much as you love the band Sparks. Mr. Sparkster Bowman. They call me Sparkster Bowman. That's my new name. Yes. I love this. I love that I cannot have... It took me this long to get this point, and it was Sean Byron just kind of riffing it in a text message. It's like mm-hmm. a little Sparkster Bowman here. And yeah, man, that's it now. I'm just going to start throwing these Sparks references your way because you're the number one fan. I'm the number and one fan. No one has seen them more times than me. No one. Ever in the world. You've seen them in Europe. You've seen them in their rare states appearances when they play out of California, which is something they rarely ever do. Yeah. And you got something for the girl with everything. So that's a spark song. I'm sure you're aware. I'm going to just keep throwing those out at Mm -hmm. you. Yep. That's one of my favorite ones. I would put it on a mixtape. If somebody asked me for a Sparks mixtape, that's that's track two. Old Sparkster Bowman. That's me. Yes. Ah, well, that's a fun and goofy nickname. Something that's not fun and goofy is the fact that Mm -hmm. it's Ghoul Summer. Yes. How's your Ghoul Summer going so far? Is it uh, depressing? Soul crushing? Yeah. I mean, I've had worse. Ghoul Summer uh, 2015 was by far the worst Ghoul Summer. That's the one that, like, like, Kevin decided that he didn't want to do junk food dinner anymore and like even mike the number one ghoul ghoul zero the first ghoul like he was very upset like i was very upset that i had picked a movie with uh for the junk fod diner show that had 90 minutes of throw up so that was by far the worst so everything that happens after that is like kind of fun and goofy by comparison but uh but it's still horrible like i we had to watch like some faces of death movie for Junk Fod Diner last week, or maybe this week, that's like uh, just a bunch of Holocaust videos stuff. And it's like, I don't even know what we're doing anymore. We're doing all this just to sell these beautiful, cool summer t-shirts that hide the bodies. HTVKicksAss.com. That's what we do this for, this torture, just to sell a couple of beautifully soft, newly designed by Christopher mm-hmm. Olvis. Yes, uh, Chris Olvis' designs for these cool summer shirts are always primo and i missed out on last year's the vhs tape at first it was like basically just saying oh i'll i'll get a little later i'll come back a little later then i came back later and they were gone and when i asked htb kicks ass if they ever come back they said they didn't know so i'm never going to make that mistake again i'm getting like all three different versions of this new ghoul summer shirt that looks like the uh, say by the bell logo mm-hmm. with ghoul summer on it uh, last year's with the VHS cassette, that one's beautiful. Like, I thought, hmm, maybe I'll just wait on it. But every time I see you or Sean or anybody else wearing it, I'm insanely jealous. Thankfully, I had the foresight to pick up two of that first year's Cool Summer shirt because I know I'm going to wear the fuck out of this one that I keep wearing now. It's the uh, hot pink of the skull and plates of the uh, O. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And like, and with like the uh, beach scene in the background, it was beautiful. And again, so soft. So yeah, of course I need to be wearing that again. I just need to make sure I stay a medium size for the rest of my life. Because mm-hmm. I want to wear that other shirt when this one wears out. 
That's understandable. Yeah, I got. Uh, I just bought my ghoul summer shirts for all my family members uh, just last night. So if you're in my family, you'll be getting a ghoul summer shirt soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of buying things, I got to get your address, Mr. Frisbee. I bought you a toy. It's coming. Oh, really? Yep. I'm gonna be That's exciting. That's like not a ghoulish thing at all. <laughs> Unless just... the toy. Oh, okay. The toy is ghoulish then. The toy is bo- bones and blood. Good. All right. I got it for you. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Speaking of bones and blood, we, we'll continue talking about Ghoul Summer and stuff in general, but we do need to start this movie. We're watching a movie this week. Yeah. 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 If you'll remember last year for Ghoul Summer, we did an audio commentary, sort of, for a Bill's Above movie called Frankenstein the Rapist. That was the name. And it was mostly a film about a uh, latex monster glove Mm -hmm. uh, being filmed in the woods with a bunch of, I'm assuming, young women who desperately needed cash (laughs) and were willing to be tied to like uh, Blair Witch Project style in um, set pieces. Yeah, it was nasty. So I think that's... And dumb. And also dumb. Mostly dumb. Also very boring. So... That's our new tradition here on The Pool Party. We're going to be doing more audio commentaries for Bill's Above Movies. This time, we have a film called Rape is a Flat Circle. Um, It's a very clever name uh, two or three years ago, whenever True Detective was a thing. Yeah. Actually, I'm not sure when this came out, though. Maybe Maybe True Detective rips off Bill's Above. Well, I would look it up, but I'm not that interested. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what we're doing. It's out there. I think you can rent all those movies on video, Vimeo or YouTube if you're interested, but you probably don't want to. I think it, you know, if you look around, you can probably find it. I would never advocate stealing movies. But if you wanted to, you probably could. Just email us. We'll, t- we'll send it to you. No, we won't do that. That's a joke. Wait a second. In case Bill's above listening. What? Uh, I did end up looking this up. Turns out this movie is called Rape is a Circle, not Rape is a Flat Circle. Uh, well, I s- the file name is rape is a flat circle dot mp4. Did you change it to rape is a flat circle? <laughs> I might have actually. Okay, I don't remember? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> thank you for thank you for adding some levity to this really shitty uh, title. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, let's start it up. Let's get into it. It's an hour and twelve minutes long, so we gotta we gotta start it up. So okay. if you got your rape is a circle video DVD Blu-ray queued up. We're going to start just start it up wherever it is. And then on the count of three, it should be like a blank black screen. On the count of three, we'll start it up, Mr. Frisbee. You ready to start it up? I'm ready to start it up. All right. One and a two and a three. Uh, this movie came out in 2006, by the way, so it does predate uh, The True Detective. And it's probably actually better than True Detective Season 2. I'm just going to go out on a limb. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Uh, so, yeah. So, so uh, looks like Bill Zabub invested a lot of money in cool on-screen graphics. because Or he... Yeah. Because of that <laughs> awesome title wipe. Yeah, the title wipe that actually looked like a circle, like a globe. Yeah, this looks like... Uh, Windows, uh, probably film editor or maybe PowerPoint. These look like PowerPoint fonts. Mm-hmm. The names are on fire and they're slowly disappearing as this blonde woman drives her car. 
Do I can only assume is New Jersey. Oh, it's definitely New Jersey. We're probably going to see Wayne's house any second here on the left. Could be. Yeah, Wayne will probably be yelling. If there's any if there's any justice in this world, Wayne is going to be yelling at the set and film crew and will be included in the film. Yeah. Also, I do want to mention that I'm a dickhead lately, and I got to Wayne too late this week. I let him know like last night or something we were recording today and that we needed Podcast Town News, and he wasn't able to, to pull one out. So that's my fault. I apologize, Wayne fans. But he'll be back next week with the news. And I'm also sorry, Wayne. Yeah, sorry, Wayne. Although nothing really happened in Podcast Town this week, so what's he going to do? Talk about license plates or whatever? I know. God, that is a really popular thread. It's like <laughs> the third time that's appeared. I know. It's really weird. I uh, want to also mention, okay, written and directed by Bill Zabub. I mm-hmm. um, want to also mention that it's playing like some sort of heavier version of Sarah McLaughlin in the background. Like if Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> had a heavy metal group, that's the music that we're enduring. Yeah, that's the kind of music he likes. Uh, I've I've now watched enough Bills the Bub movies that I can like kind of I got a grasp on on uh, some of the thematics that he uses throughout all his films, and it's always heavy metal versions of Sarah McLaughlin songs. Um, half the movie's in slow motion. Half the movie takes place in the woods behind his house, and and some other. There's some other things. Those are the big things. That are in all of his movies so far. Mm-hmm. So we got this blonde lady, if you're not watching along. And she found two other ladies walking on the side of the street. Now she's just chatting them up. You know, it looks like a brisk day, you know? It looks it looks crisp, a crisp fall day. Yeah, and on that note, like two of the three women are wearing uh basically up to the crotch jean shorts. And the dialogue accompanying this is one of those two women is critiquing the others for their choice of clothing in what is like fall in New Jersey. Keep in mind that this woman has like basically the same jean shorts as the woman that she's criticizing. It's like, why are you wearing this shitty clothes? <laughs> and they're like, well, we're from the far south, not the deep south or not just in the south, but from the far south. So I imagine they mean like Brazil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're, she thinks that they're hitchhiking because they're, like, holding arm-in-arm arm walking down this suburban drive. Yeah. People usually, so we're in for a treat. People usually hitchhike on suburban roads. Yeah. That's usually where you do most of your hitchhiking. Yeah. And back in the day, that's, that's how you and I would hitchhike. Mm-hmm. We just, like, stand outside our front door and stick a thumb out and just wait. Just wait for Bill Zabub and some blonde lady to show Zabub, up. Yeah, that's a yeah. Anyway, um, you know we probably should have put this on like two times speed. Yeah, now that I think about it, possibly. <laughs> that's how I had to watch. Uh, that's how we all watched Dick Shark, which which is another Bill Zabub movie that we're doing on the Junk Fod Dinner Show this week. So if you're into Bill Zabub, check that out. Or if you're into dick sharks. <laughs> How was it? Or wait, never mind. Don't talk about it here. You can talk about it on Junk Food Diner where everybody can listen to it. I don't want to spoil it. It, I, I don't know. <laughs> it sucks? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, okay. might, it might be my favorite Bill's Above movie, but it, 
It's not a good movie. Uh, so now all these ladies are hanging out. You know, just chatting it up. Still. In a living room, they've advanced and they've uh, apparently had some form of Chinese food. Look like lo mein with some vegetables. Mm. There was a uh, wasted plate. I imagine that was the actual film catering too for this. They're just like, leave it. We're going to put it in the shot. <laughs> yeah. Beelzebub doesn't have money to get catering and special effects food. But he's also, uh, some might call it frugal, but I don't think he, okay, that's that's frugal. I was about to say he doesn't like to waste things, but now he's just showing like a cup of fruit punch and vodka with some limes in it. There is no, no sense in that. And looks like there might have been a little something extra in that drink. Could be. Yeah, these these two hitchhikers are now on a bed and pretty well passed out. Uh-oh, a knife. Oh, no. Held by the blonde woman, and she is in what looks like really uncomfortable clothing, like stockings and whatnot. Yeah. Patriarchy forces uh, these kind of fashions on women. You know what I'm talking about, Frisbee? I think so. Yeah, this goddamn picture. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out and see where this movie goes though, because <laughs> right now it looks like it's in somebody's disheveled dorm room. Uh, again, I don't think a lot of thought was in set design. Probably all went to dialogue since since you can't hear it right now. That's uh, it's very try hard. Yeah, that's how a lot of his dialogue works. For the record, here in order to record. Uh, I cannot listen to the movie because otherwise it'll pick up and you guys don't want that if you're not watching it. You don't want to just hear screams and blood sounds and stuff. So in the okay. event that there's any cool dialogue, Frisbee's going to have to clue us in. So far, none of it's been cool. <laughs> what, what? I'll, I'll let you know. What's this lady talking about? Can you just say a few of them, of her lines slowly so that we can get the drops? Of the, oh sure let me just say uh she just said i want to fuck you with a dead log what is a dead log i it's a probably new jersey thing wayne the, call in what is a dead log wayne wayne can you hear me please call please call the ppr line call now and two barbie dolls on the dresser oh, without their clothes on shit that's foreshadowing i guess Dematic? for what though or is it or is it like a meta, a visual metaphor? And they slightly change positions, so to show that some time has passed. And now we're pulling back. Oh shit! The, the guy, did you see him in the shot? Yeah, that was Bill's above. That was Bill's above with a camera <laughs> he was in, in the, the mirror. Oh, <laughs> uh, always a professional. I saw okay. that motherfucker. Let the games begin, she says. Oh, an inspired line. And she just explained that the rules, like, the game is that you're supposed to not let me hurt you, but each time I hurt you, it'll be worse. Hmm. Oh, who the fuck are you to reject me, she says. Well. Is, okay. Yeah. I guess that is, that's a good character motivation. Rejection. Yeah. Okay. Good writing in the film so far. <clears throat> it's about control. People keep trusting this guy. That's the thing. Like, this is back in 2006. So it's 11 years ago. And 
and yet it's very uh, indicative of the times that we live in because there's just like no self-esteem involved in this. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, there's only we've got three mostly naked ladies and only one tattoo so far, which is a stark difference from Beelzebub's newer films where the ladies are head to toe covered in tattoos, which is something I've talked about this on the junk fod, but it's it's kind of a pet peeve of mine, not in like in real life, but in indie movies, like, like it's always a thing in like these indie horror movies where like every lady has head to toe tattoos, even if they're playing a nun or like a librarian or like a cheerleader you know, like, because horror movie dudes hang out with chicks who are head-to-toe covered in tattoos and are head-to-toe covered in tattoos themselves, so, like, that's the only people they can get in their movies. And, I don't know, it just ruins the verisimilitude for me, is all I'm saying. <laughs> that's a really big word to have during a Beelzebub commentary. <laughs> well, thank you. Like, there's this Although, other... This, oh, yeah. Go ahead. I was about to say that uh, Frankenstein the Rapist had a lot of big words, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, like, this other movie... Jesus, the total douchebag, a Beelzebub movie that I own. Yeah. Uh, like, you look on the back, and then uh, the Virgin Mary is on the back, and she's got a lip piercing and a nose ring. And it's like, come on, dude, you can't take that out for the movie? Like, I need I need a little authenticity when I'm watching <laughs> Jesus, the total douchebag. And that's a white Jesus, too. Oh, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure it is. Oh, okay. How long have you had this in your possession? Uh, since uh, that horror movie convention in March. Where you met him, right? Yeah. Very nice guy, by the way. I don't want to disparage him as a like, man. Nice yeah. guy. I don't like his movies, but he seemed like a pretty chill dude to talk with, which is probably why people trust him so much to do these, to do this stuff. So my line is, let the games begin, and then there's a rape scene. Okay. <laughs> and it's in uh, it's in your mom's bedroom, Bill? Yeah. You're lucky you're super friendly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is super friendly, though. Well, mostly. We asked him for a picture. He didn't even stand up for it. Like he's uh, Michael Jackson over here. Well, he's probably got a perpetual erection. If he's <laughs> as perverted as this movie takes place, that'd be really embarrassing. Well, th- yeah, that's true. I'd be embarrassed if I stood up and people were taking pictures around my erection. Yeah. They pretend like it's a group shot, but it's just like a zoom in of that groin of that dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm guessing like we're about 12 minutes in. I'm assuming that this is the entire film. Uh, I would think so. Most Bills Above movies, well, all the ones that I've seen, I think. Like, they're, like, thank God this one's only an hour and 12 minutes. I think Frankenstein the Rapist was very short, too. But a lot of them are, like, two and a half hours long. And there's only, like, five scenes. You know, like, it just, there'd be, like, a half an hour long rape. And then, like, a half yeah. an hour of Bill Zabub saying goofy stuff. Which I don't think he's in this movie. Other than mistakenly in the mirror. Yeah. His hair. Yeah. I hope it gets a credit, a starring credit. Person apparently filming. Yeah. Uh, so looking at Jesus, the total douchebag, I bought it because Odorous Urungus is in it. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, so I should watch it soon. But, uh, on the back, there's like a synopsis for the movie that entices you into buying it, you know? Yeah. uh, 
It's like four paragraphs long, which is wild. But the final paragraph, maybe we'll read more of them later. Uh, it says, years ago, the singer of Guar wanted to scold Bill Zabub for his offensive humor, which is noteworthy because Odorous Urungus has offended people as well. Uh, I feel like you could replace those references to Guar and Odorous with references to Illogical Contraption and Shelby and Corey, because the same thing happened with those guys. Yeah. Yeah, they they invited Bill Zabub on their show, Illogical Contraption, to scold him for his offensive humor, despite the fact <laughs> that they have offended people themselves. I think, I think uh, if I remember correctly, and Shelby put it most succinctly in that episode when he just comes out and says it, I feel like everybody else was dancing around it and was trying to do, like, good radio, as uh, Corey puts it. <laughs> and... Oh, I don't know what the hell is going on right oh, now. No. There's like a superimposed shot of a plastic Barbie doll on this uh, woman's face. I don't know what that was about. It's a visual metaphor. I guess. He's all about those visual metaphors. But anyway, Shelby uh, uh, said that what he found offensive was how bad Bill's Above's movies were. He's like, you're the most try-hard person <laughs> on camera I've ever met. And it's painful to watch because it's so dull. I would and, say, yeah. That's about right. And I think it just came to like a dead stop there where Bill's was like, well, I mean, that's like your opinion, man. In a very uh, <laughs> uh, big Lebowski sort of way. Yeah. And then you hear the water bong in the back. Oh, man. That was my favorite part about like the FCC radio days is that there'd just be the, the water bong going in the yeah. background mm -hmm. almost constantly. Um, Bring that back. A logical contraption. That was fun. We need more water bongs over there with you guys. Yeah. Also, love you guys. What's up? Yeah, love you. They really took the leap there in, in having Bill Zabub on their show. Bill Zabub, by the way, was driving around New Jersey running errands while he was talking to them. Yeah, I love that. Because it, like, yeah. it was like 11 o'clock at night, his time. Yeah, well, but, he needed beer and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Beer and stuff, I think, is what he actually said. Beer and Stein, the Rapist is that movie. Beer and Stein, the Rapist. That's what he was looking for. Um, but the rest of this paragraph uh, says, but Odorous slash Dave Brocky realized that Bill realized what Bill Zabub was really doing, and they became friends. Years after that, Bill Zabub came up with the ideas for this movie, and Odorous consented. But this movie still sucks. <laughs> That's what it says. Is that part of the synopsis? That this movie still sucks. Yep. Okay. Good. Yeah. And speaking of movies that suck. Uh, things have progressed in Rape is a Circle or Rape is a Flat Circle. Depending on how you look this up. And we're now in the living room. And, uh, yeah. Horrible things are happening. Horrible things are happening. At least, I don't know, maybe this doesn't make a difference, but at least it's like a lady uh, doing abuse to other ladies. Like, that makes it seem a little more, a little less evil, I feel. I don't know. I mean, it's still <laughs> evil, but I think this is like, this is probably Bill Zabub's uh, production mindfulness, I think, where he's probably thinking like, oh, it's probably more acceptable if it's a, if a woman does it. It's like, nah, I mean, it's still rape. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's got a lot of rape where it's dudes doing it too. Oh, you're a, you're right on point with the foreshadowing because here we are. She's uh force giving a bath to one of the ladies and she's brought the two Barbie dolls with her. 
And she's psychotic, apparently, because she's having the dolls talk to each other. Oh, that's how you can tell someone's psychotic, just like Al Snow from the WWE. Yeah, that's right. God, I haven't thought about Al Snow in, in quite some time. Have you been keeping up with wrestling? No. Nah, Any of it? Not really. I should. I like, I got, ever since they did the brand switch and my dude Miz and my dude Dean Ambrose and my dude Alexa Bliss went to Raw, I, just, I was just like, fuck it. I don't need this. And they got Dolph Ziggler out here being racist to Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't want to watch this garbage. Yeah, that part I think is on SmackDown. I haven't watched that. Yeah. Can you only watch SmackDown on Tuesdays? Uh, well, I I had it set to record SmackDown because that's where Miz and Alexa Bliss and like all my favorite wrestlers were, and then they did the brand switch, and I don't I need to set it up to record Raw, but and I haven't been watching SmackDown because all my favorite dudes left, so it's like a whole thing. So hmm. I can watch Raw, I just haven't been because I don't record it. All your Ohio folks are on there, so I recommend it. They're all doing great. Yeah, I want to see what Braun Strowman's up to. I hear he's been killing people. I'm into that. Pretty much. That's pretty brutal. It's not ghoulish, but it's brutal. Yeah. And people are like 110% behind it, except for the kids who, you know, <laughs> who don't, who aren't like in that mindset where, you know. Where they love to watch their heroes be brutalized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where they love to see somebody who wants to do good be brutalized. Hmm. So these dolls are talking still. What are these dolls saying to each other? Well, it seems that the blonde woman is reliving some childhood trauma. Um, while these are two fully grown Barbie dolls, like uh, I guess like they're supposed to be adult Barbies. Mm -hmm. One of them was apparently a child and the other one was like the mom. Okay. So she's, uh, And now one of those dolls hovers over the other as she's putting it. So I'm guessing there was a death. Usually, like, with film, you're supposed to show and not tell. But she's telling so much right now, and I'm trying to translate it, and it's just not happening. Well, let's, uh, yeah, I'll, let's play a little bit. Let's see what's, get, what's going on. Let's get to the bottom of this. And now I am left here. The people oh, who are it turns out we can't you. get to the bottom of it because on the audio mix, the music is like 10 times louder than the dialogue. <laughs> and it's still like Sarah Metalachlan. Okay. Yeah. And well, she's crying. I can hear your side, by the way. You could hear so, it? Yeah. Oh, you could hear the movie? Yeah, I can hear it coming from you. Oh, that's wild. Could you hear earlier here here's some troubleshoot chat could you hear earlier when i was listening to uh that k-pop stuff you sent me i did yeah oh what i didn't know maybe all right well that's cool yeah i mean if you turn it up a little bit i can probably have it in the background if you like uh not well no nah. well i'll pet check in periodically so that it picks up and the people can get a flavor for what's going on in this movie <laughs> A flavor of Beelzebub. Yeah. On VH1. Man. Yeah, sorry. I should have pointed that out earlier. I was no, able to hear it. That's all right. Okay, now they're hugging. Apparently, that was a therapeutic experience after raping someone and revealing this traumatic uh, childhood trauma. Traumatic trauma. 
that's uh yeah that's really bad writing <laughs> I, I could write for this film So these Bills Above movies there, they're bad. Yep, it's a bathroom. Adventures in the Ocean, she says. Hmm. So, do you see that Dunkirk yet? <laughs> yeah. That's, you did? I really? Did. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on the Junk Fod, but uh, it's, it's not for me. Okay. It's. Uh, did you like it? It was way better than I expected, yeah. And I think it's of Christopher Nolan stuff. I think it's my favorite. Yeah. There's parts I, I like. Kenneth Branagh's in it. I like anything mm-hmm. he does. Yeah, his stuff was really good. A friend of mine uh, pointed out that Tom Hardy has a another leading role. And again, like his face is almost completely covered for most of the film. Mm-hmm. And his dialogue is garbled. Yeah, so. man. That's the thing with these Christopher Nolan movies is like, a lot of like, I mean, obviously these dudes had like these fucking British accents that are hard to understand because it's all like just baby talking horseshit. But like, in in every Christopher Nolan movie, I have no idea what anybody's ever saying. Like, a lot of people have like written about this, like film people and stuff, and it's like he has to be going deaf or something. Like, did you have that problem? Like, there were so many lines of dialogue where I was just like, what? What did they just say? Yeah. And some of the time, at least for this movie, it makes sense. And some of the time I'm thinking that it's just part of the nature of the film where like what they're saying isn't important is that they're trying to communicate and they can't because everything else is overwhelming. Like one thing that takes place at least since. Since um, the Dark Knight series is like Hans Zimmer's droning music has been getting louder and louder since then, like Inception it's supposed to just represent chaos where it's like this droning pounding music is overwhelming the sound. So much like a bells of a movie, you can't understand what they're saying half the time. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough. Uh, so I think that's part of part of his style. And I think it's worthy of criticism too. Yeah. Cause I want to know, what, I, I do want to know what they have to say. But so far, like only for Dunkirk does it make the most sense because they remark on it so much. Like they talk about how loud the Rolls Royce engines are in the uh, Spitfires. And there's explosions happening. They look like half the dialogue was just them yelling, what? Like at each other. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> there's a scene. That's, in- yeah, that's like a wartime experience, though. And I thought that's what the movie did so well was show this like tense wartime experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was parts I liked. I didn't think it was awful or anything, but, uh, yeah, there's this scene in Interstellar where, like, whoever it is, Michael Caine, like, has to whisper to Matthew McConaughey or whoever on his deathbed, like, the secret of the universe, and you can't hear it. (laughs) It's all garbled and stuff, like, accidentally, because it's supposed to be an emotional moment. I don't know. So I I don't, I don't get that. But the thing I didn't like about the movie is that the British were supposed to be good guys. I was supposed to not want them all to be dead. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. That just doesn't compute. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, full stop. That's where it ends. It's just like you're <laughs> hanging up about British people? Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> at the beginning, they're like, oh, we, you know, if 
if we don't get the boats out here, uh, all of us are going to be bombed to death and all of our guts are going to go flying and 400,000 British people will die. And I was just like, sweet. I cannot wait to get to the scene where 400,000 British people are brutally murdered and then it never happens. And it's like, well, I just wasted two hours. Thanks a lot, Christopher Nolan. And thanks a lot. I know it's based on a true story. Thanks a lot, the Axis powers, for not killing 400,000 British people. You fucking oh blew it. You blew it, Hitler. That was the worst thing he ever did, was blow it. Blow uh, it. <laughs> that's people. That's a, that's a full sentence that's on record, so please, good luck with that. Please don't get that drop. It's ghoul summer. Okay. <laughs> that, is, that is definitely a ghoul summer comment. Uh, I thought it was life-affirming. But then again, I like British stuff. I just wish there was just one scene where Doctor Who got shot in the face. That's all I was asking for in that movie. I just wanted to see. I don't even think a single, eh, maybe like one, like very few British people got killed. Or uh, people in general, I guess, in the movie. But not to keep harping on that I wanted them to be British. They could have been French, too. But uh, not a very violent movie for a movie about war. Yeah, it wasn't like the beginning of Saving Private Ryan, which is what I expected. Um, okay, sorry. This movie is distracting. That's all right. It's gross. It is. There's the rapes are still happening, by the way. If you're not watching along, you're still in the same ass bed. It's a nice tank top that lady has, though. It fits her nicely. I will compliment the movie. Yeah. Where compliments are due. Yeah. Um, the music is really jarring too, because it's there's like full on lyrics that are just happening while this woman is trying to be threatening. Hmm. I suppose you wouldn't stop hating this. Even if I stopped yeah, hurting the audio is not mixed right. well. I can hear it on your end, by the way. Nice. It's the only thing I would hate. Uh, what is she? Look it. I thought she was going to get that lady's boogies. Yeah, she's got a finger very close to her nose. Yeah. Uh, the boogie in. Yeah. Well, but yeah, so, I mean... There's not a lot of violence in that movie. So, I mean, it's basically just two hours of people like waiting in line to get on a boat. <laughs> kind of. At different time frames, too. And that was something that threw me off at the beginning is like it. It says the mole one week, the sea one day, and then the air one hour. And it's showing you like how long it took for people to like it's giving you different time frames of experience for these folks. But I, I didn't gather that was the case. I didn't gather that's what was happening. Cause I couldn't tell that any time was passing over the course of a week. Like I understand that there's a lot of young men who were at Dunkirk, but like none of them have to shave or anything. You know, there's like no five o'clock shadows happening. Maybe they're just oh, that yeah. like prim and proper. Yeah, I mean they so, were they were there for like five weeks or something. Yeah, and in the course of the excavation, it was supposed to be one week. So like his his time frames aren't off. It's just I didn't get the feeling that any time had passed over like seven days for those guys who were just trying to leave the beach. So it took me a while to understand what he was doing with that stuff. Like the day and an hour, that made more sense because you'd see like things happen in one person's purview, and it would like kind of go back to the thread that was happening for that boat on the sea and what like time passing for that day. And then they eventually come across that, that hour mark. It was, 
it was a novel idea. I think Sean described it as cute. And I think that's a good word for it, too, because it's like it was ultimately wasn't necessary. And it was a weird way to do it. And I think it was. I was just trying to puzzle over it afterwards. Like, why didn't that kid grow a beard? Seven days, man. <laughs> Surely there's some stubble. Or like show that something happened. And basically all there was is like Cillian, Nur- Cillian Murphy had a night scene. And then you find him later, like on the wreckage of the uh, attacked boat. Or no, you find him earlier. That's the thing. It's like a memento device. Yeah. Which like, man, you don't need nonlinear storytelling in a World War II movie, dude. Like, just tell That's the thing. Like, we know yeah, the story. Like, just tell it. In your film about a guy who has... In, oh, boom shot in the mic. <laughs> boom shot mic in the shot. <laughs> boom mic in the shot. Okay. There it was. You just take five for that one. Okay. She just threw a blindfolded guy who's tied up onto the bed. And the guy was not bloody, but now he's bloody. Ah. Maybe he was bloody before. I wonder where that guy came from. And she just brought him in. Yeah. She got a lot of tied up dudes around the house. Who doesn't? Uh, okay. So she cut out the guy's tongue and took out his eyes. Oh shit. That's scary. Uh I think uh Okay, that guy apparently raped her. Oh. Well then he gets what's coming to him. Okay. Turns out he was a serial rapist. Oh. Alright. I mean that's that's something. I mean, yeah, this is the thing that like I keep forgetting about this stuff. And I don't know if Dick Shark was like this, but Beelzebub movies are are dialogue heavy. It's a weird thing to consider. Yeah, it is. They are very dialogue dialogue heavy. Like in Dick Shark, there's so much dialogue, and through all of it, Beelzebub is touching like naked ladies' boobs because like he plays a scientist and he like he just like reads Wikipedia pages while touching. It's like so weird. It's like real kind of gross, but yeah, for better or worse, I do I do respect the fact that Beelzebub puts effort into his dialogue. It may not be the best dialogue, but he puts effort in, and that's way more than ninety percent of the movies we watch on junk food dinner, where like nobody, like they're just like, ah, we're making a ten thousand dollar slasher movie. Who cares what anybody says? You can tell Beelzebub cares. That's the one part he puts effort into. <laughs> Yeah, I get the impression that like he's just trying to make the best of a very money tight situation, but it's just it drags on so so long and so much. Like here we have, she's this woman is still wearing like the same outfit, but she's dressed up one of her captives into this like vampirella red bikini thing. And she's having her sit in a papasan and pose for her photographs. So it's basically like a Betty Page photo shoot. Yeah. Well, it, it looks like a very comfortable chair, you know. Also, to give credit where credit is due in this movie, we're not just going to talk shit about it. The chair looks nice. It is a nice chair. It reminds me of a chair that my family had when I was growing up. It was a very similar, like, 
uh, furniture setup. We were in one of those really small houses in Huber Heights. So all that we had room for was like the Papa son and a couch. And that was it. That's all I remember. And we had that Papa son for a while. But it was great. Like when you're a kid, you can just kind of like huddle up in there and feel all womb-like while watching cartoons and whatnot. Yeah, I had one that like my my mom got married to this dude and like we moved into his place and like he had one and he put it in my room. <laughs> Sorry, this shot's killing me. It's a Barbie <laughs> looking wistfully into the ocean. Yeah. Visual metaphors. <laughs> Just faded into now she's sitting down. <laughs> okay. Okay. Deep, real deep shit. Anyway, sorry. You're the dude your mom married had one? Yeah. And like he put the chair in my room, but like his old cat had like peed in it. So like it smelled really bad in there all the time, but like it was also so comfortable that like I, I didn't want to throw it out. <laughs> so it was like a real uh, best of times, worst of times situation. Oh my God, a shark is eating the barbie. The plastic doll. This is, yeah. This is, but it looks like it. Interesting. These are the uh, adventures in the sea that she was alluding to earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but keep in mind, it was just like a toy Barbie doll and a toy shark. It looked like a real shark, but I saw a hand on the back of it. Yeah. It did. I look, got in the shot. It did look nice. It actually, it, that shark uh, looked a lot better than the titular Dick Shark from Dick Shark. I'll give him that. Really? For, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I. I do kind of wish I had a Papa son. Sometimes it's when it's like a beanbag chair where it's like, oh, I could really just sink into one right now. And then later on, I'm like, nah, that was that's a bad idea. Yeah, me and the wife bought a bunch of beanbag chairs a while back, and like it was like real cozy for one day, and then like all the beans started coming out, and then like Kepi peed all over them. Oh God, what's it with pets and just just having to shit and piss on like comfortable things? Everything you love, they're gonna shit and piss on. <laughs> terrible Uh, yeah it's like podcast hey it's me the producer hey Hey. i heard that hey what's up are we back in business do we have the producer here producer's here i'm the producer he's the producer ah he's here hey enjoy yourself everybody Uh, oh i will (laughs) all right we're back we got the producer (laughs) It's been a year. How's he been? <laughs> I guess it's been pretty good. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it is ghoul summer. How you doing? Are you celebrating ghoul summer and stuff like that with us? Are you feeling good? I know, man. I'm getting really upset about it. Me too. <laughs> oh, it's so good to hear his voice. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you think Where is he been? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you think you might watch some of this uh, Bill's Above movie with us, producer? Uh, how long do you think you might sit around and uh, watch this with us? I don't know. It's like five minutes or 15 minutes. That's a, a good time frame. Yeah. That's all you need to watch this movie for. So, God, right. thanks for dropping in, man. We were we were real forlorn. I think, you know, it's a, such a soul-crushing time for us. Yeah. It's, it's good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's good to see a friendly face. I'm, I'm faded, man. Oh, nice. It's a good place to be during Ghoul Summer. Yeah. It's the only way to swallow it down. Yeah. Cool. It's good to see him. At least School Summer's got a silver lining. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, we've transitioned into a car. The blonde lady had left for some amount of time. This was just cut to. And her captive was just patiently waiting in the passenger seat, which seems as ridiculous as the rest of the film. Like, surely she would have just gone and said, like, listen... 
this blonde woman's got me captive. She's got a gun because she's got one in the shot right now. Yeah. That is a prop gun. That is definitely like die cast plastic metal. Yeah, and she's holding it like all weird. She's like holding it off to the like I don't know like maybe there's not enough room in the shot to like hold the gun up to the lady's head, but like she's holding it in a weird way. Yeah, kind of. Maybe not anymore. I don't know. She's very tan for it being winter in New Jersey. It's a New Jersey tan. That is not a sunlight tan. <laughs> yeah. She's on that GTL kind of tanning. Yeah. That is a weird looking house. The way that like the garage or car hole, if you like, is structured. Mm-hmm. Oh, that guy's penis is gone. Oh, man. You can tell because of the, the blood. Oh, man. Producer, what do you think about when people's penises are chopped off? I hate that shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, have him chime in again. Yeah, it's great to Very have him good. back. I wonder where he's been, but I'm glad he's back. You know, me too. Yeah, where yeah. You been? I wonder. I wonder what uh, secret codes were unlocked to take it in back to commentary. Yeah, where you been at this last like year or something, producer? I have no idea. <laughs> That's good enough. Yeah, it's I'm, been I'm a wild faded, year. Man. Ever since uh, David Bowie and Prince passed. Yeah. I guess that's what it what needs to happen. It's David Bowie and Prince die, and then... We go into a year of mourning. And then a producer comes back to life. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like how seasons change. Like winter. There's a period of, like, death and fallout. And then there's going to be a spring to come back. Bring new life. New hopes. Yeah. Uh, so 2017 has been pretty ghoulish uh, so far. You don't really just need to regulate to a week or a month during the summer. Yeah. Although these past couple weeks have been very ghoulish on my end. Um, really gross. I don't know if you've had this on like a personal level, but insects. Well, I mean, of course you do. You've, you oh, have man. to deal with like your own style of insects where you are, right? Man, you wouldn't even believe the kind of fucking bugs I got out here. Fucking bugs, man. And I've got them too. I woke up for work last Monday and went out to uh, just do some last minute stuff before heading out. So I'm just like grabbing what essentials I need. I'm, you know, I'm not making time for breakfast. So I'm grabbing a banana and I look at my kitchen table. I'm like, oh, I should really wipe this off. There's like some soda can rings on it. So maybe a few crumbs. I don't want any bugs to get in here. So I get a paper towel, wet it down, start to wipe it off. And I feel my shoe like kind of crack on something. I'm like, ah, oh, I got some pebbles in here. That's weird. I don't recall getting any pebbles in here. I look down. It's a squirmy guy. Looks like a piece of rice. Ew. And I can look down a little bit closer. It's there's another one that's squirming right next to him. I'm like, Ew. these are maggots. Oh, uh, maggots in here. It's maggots, Michael. You're eating maggots, Michael. <laughs> oh, gross. And I look around the uh, balcony entrance. By the way, I've got a balcony which is kind of nice, but oh. it's a really old building. So there's not like sealants on there to keep stuff out. And quite a few of these motherfuckers had gotten in. I'm looking around and they're everywhere. It's, it is like a lost boys moment where I'm like, what the fuck are these maggots doing here? They weren't there the night before. Like I had been doing dishes and hanging out there and like, I'm not a dirty guy. I think you know me well enough, Parker, to know that like my place has some, upkeep to it where i'm like i don't need food hanging out for fucking flies to hang out here mm-hmm. you have so like cleanliness i do 
Jace, old cleanliness frisbee, they called me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I got to get going here, but I have to figure out where this is coming from because this is horrendous. And I see that they're all kind of congregated around like the balcony entrance. So I open the first doors and these are like these heavy, this building's from like 1940s. So these are old metal doors, the original ones. And I unlock it and like I hesitate for a moment because you know that one of my favorite movies and one of your most hated movies is Mulholland Drive, right? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say it's one of my most hated. I, oh, okay. I, it's a David Lynch film, so it's already like you got one hit against it for you. Yeah, I just, I feel like I just, I don't know what it, I don't know. I feel neutral about most David Lynch movies, except for Dune, which I truly hate. Okay. I well, just, I kind of, I just hate the cult of David Lynch. His movies of, are fine. Yeah. Um, anyway. Do you I'm remember sorry. that scene from that movie where the guy's recounting a dream? And there's something behind the dumpster and he, he knows it's terrifying, but he's got to see what it is. Yeah. That's what I kept thinking of at this moment, because I'm like, there's something behind this door on my balcony, which I just got out onto like the week prior. And there was hardly anything there, maybe just like some debris. Like whatever's back here has attracted some flies. And this is probably going to be the worst thing I see at least all day, if not mm-hmm. for the year of my life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So even though it's like glass panes, whoever was here before, like frosted everything from like the waist down. So I guess if you wanted to, I don't know, walk around nude or something, you had some privacy. So people driving up the street didn't see you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I, I unlocked this door and I started to push the metal forward on one side, on the right side. I'm like, okay, so far so good. And then I go for the left side and I push and there's some resistance. No, oh, no. And I'm like, this is not how I want to start this week. And I take a look around. And I feel that pulsating drone of music from Mulholland Drive when that weird witch lady pops out around the corner of that dumpster. Because I feel this sinking feeling in my chest as I look down and see this brown mass of something that is on my balcony. And I'm like, that's it. I'm done. And I peace out. And I called my landlord, who is a complete mensch, just a genuine dude. I'm like, there's a mass on my balcony that's apparently attracted bugs. Can you please take a look at it? Because I had to go to work. <laughs> and he did. He cleaned up my dining room and whatnot and made it uh, a livable place again. <laughs> so mm-hmm. That was good. And he texted me saying that it was just some dead leaves, which I'm totally willing to believe, even though I know it's like probably a lie. But that's how my week started two uh, two weeks ago. Man, well, I'm glad that that guy protected you from the truth. Me too. I'm always down for the truth. Like I think the truth is uh, paramount in nearly every situation, except this one, because I don't want to live the rest of my life in a shower stall in a fetal position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I have to keep doing things, you know, like I would like to experience life to the fullest and be like, yep, dead leaves. That's all it was. That's exactly what attracts flies. Like, nah, I don't need to know about what was under that brown mass. I don't need to know what was in it. The thing was, he had like brushed all that stuff off the balcony, uh, whatever it was, and it fell off to the side. So I was, I did have this moment of like some, uh, reinvestigation, like, once I got back from work and I took a closer look at what that stuff was 
And at least the stuff that I saw, that was just like this weird matted brown mass. I'm not sure what made it, like if something decomposed over it or onto it. Um, but there was no like, I couldn't find any animal component to it. So I, I'm willing to believe the dead leaves, the dead leaf uh, story. Man. Because I've got no evidence otherwise. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. But yeah. It was, God, that was such a rude fucking awakening. I was like sick all day just thinking about it. Like, how the fuck did this? How could this happen to me? <laughs> that's, what <laughs> that's what happened in my head. Yeah. And then like this past week, Monday, like I finally get to bed at a reasonable hour. And then I'm like having this messed up dream where this other like this weird noise it sounds like metal against metal screeching but not like tires like uh and not like a worn down brake pedal against a, a wheel bed or anything like that or a wheel nor did it sound like any like sort of semi or heavy machinery it just sounded foreign i i don't know what this was and also like some faint screeching behind it and I thought I was just dreaming it. But then I came out of my dream. And for like a solid six or eight seconds, I'm hearing that sound make its way and then out away from me from this uh, nearby road where usually people are peeling out anyway, like it's on this hill. And I can't for the life of me think of what that sound was. Like, yeah, these were both Mondays have started off in very David Lynchian ways. Just like horror of of uh, just nasty stuff invading on domestic life, and I'm I'm pretty confident that something terrible is going to happen this Monday morning too, because that's just the way my Mondays are going now. You've been watching too much of that Eraserhead, got that industrial and reading too much Garfield, I guess. Yeah, you don't want to do those things at the same time. Eraser Garf, Garfield head. Garfield head would be cool. That'd be good. Man, this is really upsetting. I'm also very sad for you and upset that of all the David Lynch things that could happen to you in real life, it had to be the scary part from Mulholland Drive and the soundtrack from Eraserhead and that it wasn't Patricia Arquette's boobs. Yeah, me too, right? That's like, like, yeah, if you're going to have one David Lynch thing happen to you, that's the one you want. Or maybe doing some spice, I guess. That'd be cool. The spice is life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have some. Yeah, any of these sexier parts would have been just spot on. <laughs> but no, I get like the, I get like the squirmy insects, droning noises, uh, alien, unfathomable noises happening. Yeah, even like going on like a cool road trip on like a a, a ride on lawnmower, like that would be kind of cool. That would be charming and sweet, and I get to meet. <laughs> Uh, someone cool at the end of that trip. Yeah. That'd be really nice. But no, this this other bullshit happened. Thankfully, like it's been great ever since, and that's like the only time out of the past year where something that abnormal and strange has happened. Um. But yeah, I I n- I'd never experienced anything like that. Yeah. Well, I'm upset <laughs> about it. We're all upset over here. I know, man. I'm getting really upset about it. Thanks, producer. <laughs> And thanks for sharing in my pain, I guess. Yeah. So this Okay, it looks like uh, she went to the milk store. She went to the milk store. There was like some scene, like everything was blurry in slow motion. 
I think somebody was injured or something. It's now later it's, in the year. There's snow. Yeah, it's winter now. And there's Bank of America getting some free advertising because mm-hmm. they needed it back in 2006 when they were uh, putting out so many mortgages. Doing so good. <laughs> oh, Little Caesars. Great. Oh, yeah, nice. I guess we're going. Nope, we're not going Little Caesars. No. She's following, following some guy who on the phone told somebody else to call in sick tomorrow. So I'm sure that's going to come up later. Mm-hmm. And we're getting some more like lady fronted metal, which is good. Like the soundtrack, the songs in the soundtrack don't sound bad or anything. It's just such a prominent choice in these films. And like you put the mix level on those are, are all the way up. Oh, he's going to Dingo's Den. This must be Paul Hogan's liquor store. Yeah. You call that a bottle of Jack? This is a bottle. That's how they say everything here. Oi, crikey. Oi, crikey. You call that a a Michelob Ultra? This is a Michelob Ultra. It's like a a huge can of it. Oi, put this lemon in your drink or whatever, a lime or something. Man, that house upsets me. There's something upsetting (laughs) about that house. Like the way it looks. Yeah, it's it's rough. Okay, she bought that dude a drink at the Dingo's Den. Dingo's Den. Dingo eats your baby. Uh, and she's put him in a uh, a room with a bunch of shit in it. I was going to say it's a rec room. It's more like a wreckage room. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just like a a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of VCRs. Mm-hmm. So, wait, so like, what's, I was like kind of talking to the producer over here. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of missed a little bit. Who's this lady? Why is she, is this, is this like an anthology? Are we on to like different rapes or? She thought, was one of the captives. Yeah, that's earlier. what I thought. Hold on. She's. she explaining it? Let's take a listen. Yeah. Did you say anything to me? So I can't trust your answer, even if you could talk. Still, I would like to know how you could rape me. How could you have had sex with me with a crowd? I guess maybe he raped her at some point. I think so. They're getting revenge. Okay, so this is like a rape revenge movie, which is not like, it's not a movie that I'm ever entertained by, but I get the catharticness of this stuff. Did you ever watch, you watched I Spit on Your Grave, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's what this dialogue's about. She's this one, as opposed to the last one, doesn't sound like psychotic trauma. This sounds like real trauma, like this person was talking about. And this girl's actually delivering lines pretty well. Yeah, and it's talking about Montreal a lot, which makes me feel real sick to my stomach because I've always wanted to visit Montreal, and now she's talking about like a uh, a uh, sex slave sex trade that's going on there that her character was a part of. So maybe not. Beelzebub killed that dream for me. I guess I'm not going to Montreal anymore. (laughs) I know how you're a big Expos fan. Yeah. And a, yeah, and a gravy fries fan too. Yeah. Do you know that gravy fries are called disco fries in most of the United States? Still. Like I went to a, that bar in Columbus with Blake Mm -hmm. and we had disco tater tots. I've heard that. yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thing to call them. 
So I guess this is why rape is a circle is because like the bad guys are doing the rapes and then like the and then they're getting revenge by being raped. Yeah. And she said to that guy who's under some kind of drug where he couldn't like respond or anything. She's like, now you'll find out what it's like to be raped, raped with a knife. Which. Is pretty heavy line for a Beelzebub movie. Yeah. I guess like this is like a very literal way to take the idea that like abuse and like violence is like cyclical. You know, and begets more violence. Yeah, that it like repeats itself. Like this is like it's just. I the fucking same. hate to read this much into a Beelzebub movie, but uh, this seems pretty on the nose. Like <laughs> he's making a pretty valid point with this. Yeah, Ugh. I was I not expecting saying that, but that you know. <laughs> Was not expecting that from this movie. Was not expecting nope. catharsis about abuse. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. man. We may have picked this one wrong. Maybe the jokey time rape is a flat circle is probably not <laughs> probably not as funny anymore. Nah, it's still a funny joke. Yeah, it's still good. Because yeah, we had to live with a lot of people saying that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a interesting wraparound. Yeah, I mean... This movie is a circle. It's a pretty great movie, I guess. I guess, yeah. Man. Uh, check out Rape is a Circle. It's available on Amazon. <laughs> oh, yeah. For 45 bucks. Yeesh. That's yeah. new. A lot of his stuff is, like, out of print, so it's, like... Oh, uh, uh, okay. Super hard to find. He's got, like, a movie or two on, like, some 50 shitty horror movies for, like, DVD pack that I was going to buy, but it like that like that it's, like, 70 bucks or something. But mm-hmm. uh, hey, producer! Uh, even though this movie's uh, crappy, what do you, what do you think about director Bill Zabub? I still like the man. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I don't understand the first twenty five minutes of this film. Granted, we were talking over most of it, and there were a lot of Barbie dolls that kind of threw me off. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, from what very little we caught of this last part, I can see why people were like, "Yeah, I'm into this. I'd probably do a movie about this." Yeah, maybe that explains why these ladies aren't covered head to toe in tattoos. Is like maybe these are like people who are trying to be real actors and not just like Beelzebub's stripper friends. Yeah. 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 2006 Beelzebub is apparently different than more recent Beelzebub. Yeah. 10 years makes a lot of difference, I guess. It could. Yeah, I've only seen, outside of this, I think I've only seen some of his newer stuff. Producer, you want to talk more about Beelzebub? The at the ter- di- oh, fuck I can't talk anymore, man. This four loco. <laughs> All right, that's cool that he found some four loco. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that's how. Like wherever he came back from, they still have four loco there. Like he came original from- formula. Yeah. yeah. Hey, did you uh, try any Zima since it's been out? Uh, no, I did. <laughs> I did order a Zima. But uh, I got emphysema instead. The waiter brought that uh, one thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sort of a Simpsons reference. <laughs> no, I haven't tried it. Uh, I don't know. I never drank it when it was like a real thing. Because, yeah. I mean, I was like too young. So I don't know. I, I didn't get around to it. You know, I, I, drink, uh, I drink a lot of absinthe when I was in Las Vegas. That's what I've Oh, drinking. nice. I, yeah. yeah. Tastes like garbage, but. Yeah. You know, Gets you real messed up. Yeah. Even though it's not like, I guess the old school deal was that um, it would develop some kind of mold in it, like this uh, 
um, psychotropic mold or something. Like it wasn't the wormwood that was stored in, but there was like a mold that the wormwood would develop just because of bad storing. And then that would develop some sort of psychotropic response. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember reading up on about it. It's not like the liquor itself that makes you see shit, but it will get you messed up pretty quickly. Yeah, it does get you messed up. But I, yeah, it didn't trip out or anything. Did they melt some sugar in a cube above it for you? Uh, well, I just like bought a bottle of it. Oh, but I, all right. I, I like yeah, I didn't do all that crazy stuff. You know, I I was just looking to get wasted, so I just like threw a sugar cube in there. I didn't bother I, melting it. I remember when I was in Japan, we were <clears throat> at this um, small uh, small bar and dance floor that was having like a samba night. Like people were, um, I think they were dancing. Yeah, that or fl- it wasn't flamenco, but it was like this kind of like constant moving and dancing to. Uh, some Latin music. And our buddy Phil was with our uh, our friend Ryuji. And Phil got a an absinthe order at the bar. And I went to the back just to watch people dancing. Like, all these couples were dancing samba. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I had a few before then. Uh, so I was just kind of like, you know, relaxing, taking this in. And then one of the ladies from the floor asked if I wanted to dance. And I was like, ah, I'm not that good. I, I don't know what this is. And she's like, no, it's okay. I'll show you. And she tried to teach me. And I was like, you know, I was obviously like not getting the rhythm of it. And I'm not very good at dancing. And then she quickly became disappointed. She's like, ah, that's okay. And so um, oh, no. I went to sit down. And I was like, well, they'll get another shot. And I was like, uh... We can try again if you're like, and then she went to the DJ and the DJ told me, he's like, she doesn't want to dance with you anymore. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So I left and then I watched Phil drink his absinthe. And I was like, we should get going because this place is, uh, is now a bummer. That's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's rough. How, how are you going to make somebody dance and then get upset? And then not want to dance anymore. Once you've I mean, insisted, I was a really dance. bad dancer. But still, once you've insisted. Um, it didn't defeat me though. Like I still would like to learn how to dance in some form or fashion. Like my form of dancing is basically like uh wedding guest dancing. Just not very good. There's no style to it. <laughs> but what they were doing, they're like, I don't know, it was like that pinball night that I went to back in Columbus like these people who were really into their fucking dancing so while she was being like friendly uh, she quickly became disappointed which is also like that pinball night honestly yeah I've only danced one time and uh, really what was that like uh, it was horrible I was told that I was okay at it which I don't know that I believe but uh, I don't know I was like hanging out at the Pearl in Dayton like it was one of those nights where everybody's partying and uh, my friend Don's friend Aaron made me dance with her. It was very weird. I was like very wasted though, so it, it, like uh, I did not have inhibitions the way that I normally would. But even then, even being wasted, I was like, "This is not my normal modus operandi." What what is happening here? Yeah, 
but it worked yeah. out. I regret it to this very day. I would never dance again. If somebody if somebody offered me the opportunity to dance again, get out of here. I'm not dancing. You just start playing that George Michael song, Guilty Feet Ain't Got No Rhythm. Uh, but that... I'm never going to dance again. Oh, yeah, Guilty yeah, yeah. Three don't have. Yeah, it's that saxophone. That. Oh, yeah, that song's hot. Yeah, that's what you can play. Like you can just sit sullenly and like have that song play over you. And if anybody asks you to dance, even if your good lady wife does, she's like, "Mr. Husband, let's go dance." And you just start playing that song. But I'm never gonna dance again. All right, we're getting different shots of our our blonde woman from earlier just drinking this fruit punch concoction. That's I'm guessing drugged, but there's a lot of different shots of her drinking it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of this movie, I do want to read it some reviews of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm on this website, Letterbox, where you go and like rate and review every movie you watch. Like, you know, if you're like an obsessive. Compulsive... What's your Letterbox handle if people want to get hold of you, or do you want to share it? Uh, yeah, you can find me. Let's see, what is? It? I think it's Ultimate Parker. Go to Letterboxed with no, just Letterbox and then D, no E. Dot com slash ultimate Parker. I'm on there. Frisbee's on there somewhere. Yeah, I think I'm just Jason Frisbee on there. Yeah. So uh, I'm following this dude named Max Spaceman. And he, for some reason, he seems like a very nice man. I don't want to disparage him. But he really loves Bill's Above movies and has rated like all of them. Uh-huh. And he gives this movie, Rape is a Circle. He gives it four stars out of five. He says, if you can get past the crazy title... It's actually one of Bill Zabub's best films and has a pretty intricate plot. He told me he even plans on remaking it, which would be awesome. So. There is a mic in the shot. Okay. <laughs> it looks like the, the tables have turned. Oh, the tables have turned. Mike's in the shot. And now, Mike's shadow is in the shot. Mm -hmm. Okay. The victim is now... God, that Mike Shadow is still in the shot. Damn it, Bill Sabub. Why? Why is it even in the shot when like they're not even picking <laughs> up the audio of the dialogue anyway? They're just drowning it out with shitty metal music. And they keep zooming in, and the shadow just keeps lowering down into it. like he's trying to zoom in ahead of the shadow taking yeah, yeah. any appearance, but it just keeps happening. Hmm. Let's see. Is, is okay, spaceman. Review any more of these movies? Let's read some more of his reviews. What's the lowest rated one? Or do you have one up pulled that you want to check out? Uh, I'm not sure what his lowest rated one would be. Let me see. Let's see if he gave Ant Farm Dickhole a review. Where's my man, Spaceman? I didn't review it. Derek. Friend of uh, Junk Food Dinner, Derek, gave Ant Farm Dickhole three stars, though. Okay. Just so you guys know. I I don't even know what the plot is, but I'm assuming that the title is probably have an ant farm in there. Yeah, probably. Let's see. All right, Mr. Spaceman. Uh, when it comes to Nightmare on Elmo Street, a Bill's Above movie, which is about puppets raping people. I've seen it. Uh, he gives that one four stars, too. He says it's a really funny movie made by... Bill's above on no budget and starring Aaron Brown. If you like Bill's movies, I thought this one was the jackpot of them all. The jackpot. The, 
I like, I like saying that about anything now. The yeah. jackpot of them all. The humor is witty and consistent. The humor was fresh and irreverent. And it crossed some lines and maintained being funny and interesting to the end. You would need a very open mind to enjoy this, but I personally loved the film, and it led me to revisit his older work. That's my man, Spaceman. Peekaboo. She's cut off one of her eyelids. Oh shit! And she bit off her tongue. Oh shit! This is the uh, the the uh, the captured from earlier. It's getting pretty bloody. Yeah, things are really picking up now. There's like some murders gonna happen, probably some blood, probably. So what was the lowest rated one? Uh, so far, I've only seen four star ratings from him. On okay. Club. Now that I'm okay. looking for them, I'm having a hard time finding them. Oh, here's another one. Oh, here's four and a half stars for Ass Monster. It says, hilarious, ballsy, and worth a watch. Bill Zabub's best older film, in my opinion. The character Lucifer, it's okay. L-O-U. Yeah. Yeah. Is especially funny. The tone is sarcastic. Wait a Wait, I know that Bill Zabub is in that movie, and Bill Zabub plays a B-movie director. So Bill Zabub's fake name is Lucifer? Uh, it sounds like. <sighs> the tone is sarcastic, and it's probably going to be offensive to some people, but honestly, I thought it was a great watch. 4.5 out of 5. Oh, wait. Yeah, before this, this movie's only got a few minutes left. There's a lot of blood, a shower scene. Do you want to read that yeah. email we got? We probably should have read yeah, it. When we talked yeah, about it. we got an email recently from our old pal Jameson. Yeah, what up, Jameson? What up, Jameson? We see you. Ooh, this is a, this is a very lengthy review, but I think I can get through it pretty quickly. Uh, we well, so, just want to skim it for our names. Okay. <laughs> it says, my it? review of the film Baby Driver it's from Jameson. Okay, he says each year he tries to get away from the streaming services, goes for in a very expensive movie, all the stops, usually comes up to $75. I think that's about what it is for anybody these days, right? Yeah, man, movies are expensive. Yeah, expensive as fuck. But by those concessions at the theater, I know it's like a toolish thing to do, but those people need to get paid, and that's how they get paid. Uh, also at the drive-in, did you, you went to the drive-in recently, right? I did, yeah, it was very fun. What'd you see? I saw Planet of the Apes and uh, 47 Meters Down. Those sound like excellent drive-in movies to see at a drive-in. They were. I had a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad you guys had fun. Um, theaters in California have really crazy shit. Um, overly salted caramel popcorn. Or, no, excuse me. Salted caramel popcorn. Salted caramel is a new avocado here in California. That's weird because... Salted caramel has, like, been a thing in the South that must have just, like, migrated over there. To be honest, I think we're getting avocado now. Uh, that's, like, the thing that's happening here. So we're trading trendy food stuffs, it appears. Man, I saw a sticker the other day that I should have bought. I should have bought one for everybody in Podcast Town, but it was a sticker, and it had a picture of an avocado, and it said, Do you want an avocado? Okay. <laughs> are you into that, or are you just, like... Do you avo- find it funny that it's like an avocado thing? 
yeah, I think it's funny that people like avocados so much that they want to avocado. Okay. <laughs> I'm not into avocados that much. There's a California burger here that a, a restaurant near me makes, and I had once. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Not that into it. Not even into guacamole that much either. Yeah. The worst thing about getting California burgers is that when you drive there, they make you pay like uh, $350 to renew your license plate registration. Every and it's like it's like what you're a restaurant why but and then they go oh that's just what they do in California they make you pay you know they make you go fucking broke just to renew your license you know mm-hmm. sorry I'm very upset about taxes here it's thirty goddamn five dollars in Ohio to renew your license here hundreds of dollars I have to not pay rent so that I can renew my goddamn license anyway I'm sorry please continue. That's fine. <laughs> you got your issues with avocados and this movie's ending. And I thought it was Mick Foley in the car, but Mick Foley would never agree to this. Mm-mm. This guy definitely looks like he's from New Jersey, though. Yeah. Which is interesting because like Wayne no longer looks like he's from New Jersey. Oh, oh! This guy's gonna get what's coming to him, but we're not gonna see it because oh, that's a freeze frame, and this movie's about to roll credits. Man, when you freeze frame on a gun, you're doing <laughs> art correctly. Freeze frame, bam, 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 gun, bam, 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 and the credits roll. Rapist All right, back to Jameson's story. Rapist number two. Could you imagine playing rapist number two? Why is rapist number two higher build than rapist number one? That don't make sense. I think it's sort of appearance. But that doesn't make any sense because yeah. it's not chronological. Rapist number three. Man. Freddy Dingo. Oh, he may have been like Dingo's Den. Yeah. Man. I... This is still the cast, by the way. So director is a cast member. Apparently. Yeah. So that's, oh. he did give himself credit for appearing in that mirror. Yeah. Mike Decker was the boom microphone operator and he sucks. Boo. Fuck you, Mike Decker. No lighting technician, by the way, which yeah. explains a lot. Yeah. Tracks by Leaves Eyes, Tactile Gamma, Arcana, Atrox, Funeral, and Diverbenton Kinder Evas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just to make sure that they use. Oh, Freddie Dingo did use. That was his den. Man, we Dingo's should... den in Clifton, New Jersey. Let's... 615 Van Houten Avenue. Thrill House Van Houten. Um, Michael Herman, for use of Boone microphones, food and drinks, and overall support and friendship. Now I feel bad for making fun of him because he's offering friendship and support. I know. We're the assholes. Man. Any instances portrayed in this production are fictional. Dude, there's a lot. And <laughs> during Dick Shark, there's like a lot of credits and like everything is misspelled. It's so funny. Oh, and there's a phone number. Oh, bless his heart. Oh. <laughs> he's really... He's really doing it. And an AOL.com address. Yeah, we can email him at masterzebub <laughs> at AOL.com. Okay. Well, thanks, I guess, Bill Zebub, for making a, uh, a uh, an interesting film. Yeah. Better than um, Frankenstein the Rapist, I will say. Yeah. Okay. So to finish up Jameson's email real quick, he's got a – he bought some food set in the third row back. 
one seat from the aisle and started eating popcorn. And he says that was bad and here's why. Weird thing about stuff between my teeth. Okay, so he's got teeth teeth issues. Um, usually has a container of toothpicks on hand. And when the previews began, all I could think about was the popcorn between his teeth. Uh, flattened the tip of my straw and tried to pick out the popcorn. Ooh, that sounds... Oh, don't do that. Don't pick at your teeth like that. Except you just use dental floss. Gotta use dental uh, floss. Tried to use the edge of, a tickle, of the ticket stub. Fingernail? No, don't. And so he says, after the previews, the film started, and the first scene was some kind of robbery. This is Baby Driver again, by the way, so spoiler alert. Then a car chase. Ooh, more spoilers. Oh, no. I thought maybe if I drank a bunch of my cherry vanilla Mr. Pibb that the popcorn between my front teeth would soften and come out again, come out on its own. No. Um, talks about more of the film. Still had stuff lodged in his teeth. Uh, I was 20 minutes in and I decided that since my office is only about eight blocks away and he has toothpicks there, it it was time to leave. So he quietly exited the theater and turned on his phone to call Uber and then go to his office to get toothpicks. So in conclusion, if you're looking for a fun, fast-paced action film with a banging soundtrack, I highly recommend the first 20 minutes of Baby Driver. The cast is absolutely outstanding. I think one of the guys from Walking Dead is in it. I give it eight out of ten stars. But you only saw the first 20 minutes, so that first 20 minutes gets 8 out of 10 stars. To be fair, it's all downhill from there, that movie. Oh, did you see it? I saw it. Okay. And I do feel like the most interesting part of that movie is Jameson having popcorn stuck in his teeth. That's the real story. That film really buried the lead on that one. I hope Mm -hmm. somebody got fired for that blunder. Yeah, they should have put that in the trailer. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Thanks for writing in, Jameson. Sorry, like the rest of this email is just mwah, kiss with the fingertips. Good detail, lots of embellishment and exposition. Um, Great email, but now that we have a producer again, he likes to run a tight ship. I mean, yep. producer, I mean, how do you feel about when people write us long emails? I hate that shit. We love that shit, but he hates it, so keep it brief. Yeah. Thank you very much. He's the producer, he's got a job to do. I'm the Thank producer. You very much. He's the producer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still going to see this movie. Hopefully, I don't get anything stuck in my teeth. I was just talking with somebody. Uh, when I saw Dunkirk the other day, I was like, I never get popcorn when I go to a movie. I was telling this person. Because uh, that's one of the things I want to avoid. I, I know it's kind of a, a an American tradition to eat popcorn and watch a movie. But I also think it's really fucking obnoxious. And popcorn is, you know, just makes your hands all buttery and greasy. That's no good. Yeah, that's true. I discovered something. I don't know if I would do this at a normal theater because it's a little bit brazen. But um, when I was at the drive-in, I I had the same trouble as Jameson. I was getting popcorn all in my teeth, which is just the worst, uh, most horrible th- affliction you can have. But because we were traveling at the time, we were like stopped at the drive-in on the way to Vegas. We had all this horseshit with us. And in the back, we had a bunch of like those little dental floss sticks, you know? Yeah. So I said, fuck, we got those dental floss sticks in the back. I got one. I got, I fixed myself right up. You know, it was like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me rather than sit there. um, Infinite times in my life, I've sat there watching a movie with all these popcorn kernels in my teeth and abject pain. And uh, this time I got to do something about it, be proactive and fix the situation. And it was like the best uh, movie viewing experience of my life because of it. All at the drive in. 
Mm-hmm. This is why drive-ins need to come back because you can do shit like that in the comfort of your own car. Yeah, man. You can use dental floss. You can get your dick sucked. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> get, those, get those pants off. Mm-hmm. It's at a drive-in. That should be the drive-in's motto. Get those pants <laughs> off. You're yeah. at a drive-in. Yeah, that'd be great. Instead of that, like, let's all go to the lobby song, it should be let's all go to the drive-in. Get yourself yeah. uh, dick sucking. <laughs> let's all get our pants off let's that's that's the jingle that's what they should replace it with and it'll just be like those uh uh anamorphic popcorn and sodas and candies all with like jeans and slacks on and they're just like Mm -hmm. jauntily marching across the theater screen and then they all stop and like struggle to get their pants off of it and like ah this is way better than being at the movie theater yeah man you don't have to wear (laughs) pants you get finger banged Whatever you want to do. Or just relax with the AC on. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Just don't be a creep about it. Like, don't get out without your pants on. Yeah. And don't, like, you know, don't be a weirdo and go there alone and be diddling yourself. Oh, man, I pray to God you don't diddle. Jesus. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, there's, like, kids and stuff running. Like, get away from all that. Don't be a fucking creep. But if you're there with your SO and you're both, like, you know, down to get dirty. You know, get get one of those back rows. Mm-hmm. Away from the gymborees and stuff. Come on. What are you doing? If you're there with your SO, you can get J-O'd. That's, that's all good with your... Okay. Yeah. There's a jingle there, too, I'm sure. So you're going to get some snacks at the movie theater, then. What's your favorite snack? See, it no longer exists. And I want to start a campaign to get it back. It's a Hershey Company production that was Reese's... Bites. Remember they had like these entire lines of bites for different candies that they make, like Kit Kat bites. Yeah. Or or Hershey almond bites. And it'd be like a small bag filled with about uh thirty-five or so little spheres. Yeah. Of your your those, favorite candies, right? Yeah, those were the jam. And Reese's Reese's, oh my god, they finally hit their their target. Because Reese's peanut butter cups are like this bullshit in between or like it takes one extra step than a Hershey's kiss would. Like a Hershey's kiss has like a little paper on it, a little flag paper with foil surrounding the the chocolate, right? This mm-hmm. little dollop of chocolate. You're like, okay, this is a dumb small gift experience I have to go through in wrapping this, but I'll do it because I'm going to get chocolate at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And with Reese's peanut butter cups... And they're, well, not even the peanut butter cups. The peanut butter cups, you just unwrap the wrapper, and then it's like, okay, it's a peanut butter cup that's sitting in this paper. Fine, I'll undo the paper. But when you get the Reese's Minis, it has the paper around the cup and fucking foil on top of that. It's absurd. Like, how many layers is this? Is this some bad, like, Christmas practical joke where it's just a Russian doll gift box? Where it's like, oh, there's another gift inside the gift. I guess I gotta unwrap this one. I don't want to do that. I'm very, very uninterested in like all the particulars of candy wrappers when I'm trying to watch a movie. So they finally hit the mark by having just these small, perfect spheres of chocolate with Reese's peanut butter as a core to it. So you're just popping these unwrapped beauties, these gems into your mouth while you're watching a movie. And it's, oh God, it was delicious. And they no longer exist. They discontinued them like seven years ago. So now, if a theater offers beer, I will drink beer with my movie 
because I'm always sad <laughs> and trying to and, and being confronted with the fact that I cannot have Reese's Bites with my films anymore. So I drink away my sorrows while I'm watching whatever whatever film is is hot at the moment. Yeah, man. Yeah, those were tasty. I like those things, too. I didn't know they were gone. They're gone, man. Man, that sucks. You should have. And nothing, nothing comes close. I, well, Reese's, excuse me, Kit Kat minis are like a, a distant second. Like, they're okay if you like Kit Kats, like chocolate-covered wafers. But, um, God, man, nothing beat those fucking Reese's Bites. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, I keep snacks on my desk. What do you want? To, what do you want? I want Reese's Bites back, producer. Can you do something about that? I have no idea. Okay. It's, um, me too. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad he's back. Yeah, I know. It's so great. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. <clears throat> I guess Shall we run through the, uh, run through the end stuff for us? Yeah, I guess that's the end of the, the episode here. Yeah, thanks for joining us for this ghoulish episode, everyone. If you ever decide to watch Rape is a Circle or Rape is a Flat Circle, um, feel free to let us join you again as we as we go through our own cyclical emotions for this film of disdain and then uh, reluctant acceptance and and uh, approval for what Bill's Bub's trying to do with it. Yeah, I was not expecting to glean any uh, insights, but uh, yeah, neither was I. What are you going to do? But yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Enjoy Ghoul Summer if you're out there enjoying it. Do you pick up a t shirt from Hide the Bodies? That's htbkicksass.com. Uh, they've got your super ultra comfy uh, t shirt needs for celebrating Ghoul Summer. Again, Chris Olvis, uh, shout out to him for putting forward another excellent design. His work always shines on these shirts, and you're going to want one because you don't want to be looking at photos of uh, your JFT hosts or any of the Podcast Town crew wearing their J- their uh, Ghoul Summer shirts and wishing you had one when this campaign ends because I certainly do for last year's. Yeah. Also, uh, while you're there at htbkicksass.com buying the new Ghoul Summer shirt, I think there are maybe other junk food dinner shirts still available, and I think possibly pool party stuff. Yeah, there's some old cat uh, on his on our t-shirts. Get old cat representing because yeah. he's hilarious. It may say that they're sold out, but I think if you email them, they can like still make them. Possibly, don't hold me to that. But uh, if you're interested, if you missed out on the pool party shirts or patches or whatever else, also uh, the coozer too. We yeah. were on coozers. If you like our faces, we appeared on some delightfully light blue coozers for. For all those uh, hand issues you have with cold drinks, or hot drinks for that matter. Yeah. If you're getting too hot or cold, you're going to need this coozer to protect yourself. Have us protect your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also find us in Podcast Town. It's a Facebook group where all the cool kids go. Just search for it and someone will let you in. It's a closed group. Uh, email us, poolpartyradio at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at old. At Final Parker, I'm Final Parker there, and at Cumulus Frisbee. That's right. Poolpartyradio.com for old episodes. Yeah, if Ghoul Summer is getting you down, uh, check out some of our lighter side of Ghoul Summer, Are You Afraid of the Dark recaps, Uh, which we still got to run through a few of those somehow. Yeah, we got a lot to pack in these uh, next 10 episodes or so. 
Good Lord. Yeah, it's got so much to do yeah. in this hot, hot summer. Yeah, that's a good thing we got a producer helping us do it now. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's everything, right? You got anything? Oh, uh, the Zatuichi Blind Podsman Podcasts. Check it out. Where can the kids that's right. find you? Uh, you can find us at Zatuichi, or the Blind Podsman is Zatuichi Podcast, as you can find us on your podcast player of choice. Uh, the Blind Podsman for old episodes. You can find us on Facebook, Zatuichi, or the Blind Podsman Zatuichi Podcast. I always get this switched around. I don't know what the, I've been doing this for over a year now. <laughs> Ugh. You guys but just did, we review say what? You guys just did a ghoul summer episode, right? We did. Um we watched and discussed uh Shintaro Katsu's previous role as a a uh, blind masseur during Shogunate uh Japan. Except this one is not heroic at all. Uh Zatuichi is our usual uh uh feature focus in that chronology of like 20 plus films because he's such a cool lovable hero he's this blind master who travels uh, japan and is an expert swordsman and solves uh solves stuff in a very if you're familiar with the show kung fu from the states with uh, Carradine in it mm-hmm. it's kind of like that uh but the predecessor to that was a film called uh i went by a couple different names but you can find it in the States as Blind Menace, the Blind Menace. Uh, Japan, it, like loosely translated from Agent Shiranui. And that was a 1960 film when Shitaro Katsu was like, I've, I'm trying to be a, 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 a face for the matinee crowds, but it's just not happening. So he took on this play that was about a corrupt, devious, and just all-out villain, Blind Masseur. So it's like the exact opposite of Zatoichi. He can't even use his sword properly. It's real messed up. Um, probably not a great place to start. Also, if you're not into ghoul summer stuff, because that film <laughs> is is surprisingly ghoulish. Probably more ghoulish than this film that we just watched oh, uh, by Bill Zabub. Nasty. Yeah, it's it's real bad. And uh, I like to say the film gets better, but it just kind of keeps going down a hole. So thankfully, we are done with that. And you can check out all the other episodes that we've done. Uh, Parker, you've been on to discuss some of these films, and we're a little over halfway through the original chronological run of the film series itself. So now's a good time as any to jump in and examine what these uh, Chambara films were like with, I think, one of the longest-running feature film characters to have ever existed, even longer than Bond and longer than Godzilla. Nice. And he's not British like Bond, who I wish would have died in Dunkirk. Oh, come on. Be nice. Ah, you know how it is. You know how it is. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm choking. They oppressed the Indians for so long. I, you know, there's no defense. There's no defending them. Excuse me. Yeah, and there is that whole opium trade thing. Yeah, come I on. I mean, that's, that's pretty rough. They tried to beat up Gandhi. Come on. Is that like... Okay. <laughs> they tried to beat up Gandhi. Yeah. That's what I learned okay. in school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on that note. But yeah, there's that. And also uh, emails here at uh, poolpartyradio at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know what you're up to. In the meantime, I guess we'll be back in two weeks. So uh, stick to it and have fun. And this is Parker for Cumulus Razor Man and the producer saying thanks for having fun. All right. Hey, enjoy yourself, everybody. Awesome.